Welcome to today's edition of Draft Utopia. And we gave Heath Berman an additional four minutes to make his selection, but he took Brashad Perriman at pick 135 with the pick I gave him on his birthday, which is big news in the Battle Fantasy Football League. And I will get to round 13 of the draft in a second. But first, we got to go over last night's NBA action. Um, the Twins, the Indians beat the Twins 2 0. And there are amid rumors that if there is one more coronavirus outbreak case that they may shut the league down for the season, which I'm hoping they don't because as an Indians fan, I want my championship. And if we are in position to get it and we don't get it, I'm going to feel about as shitty as an Expos fan in 1994 because they were in this exact same position. MLB's best record and baseball got shut down due to the players' strike. But they had the league's best record at the time. And the Expos may have won that 94 World Series with Pedro Martinez and all those good players they had on that team. So, I'm looking at the Jazz and the Pelicans. This game came right down to the wire. Everybody in the Jazz starting five had at least 12 points. Jordan Clarkson had at least 20 point, 23 points off the bench. He led the Jazz in scoring. And Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley Jr., both had 20 points. Gobert at 14, Ingles 13, O'Neal 12 points in relief of Bogdan. And if O'Neal, if Royce O'Neal can do this well in relief of Bogdanovich, the Utah Jazz can go toe-to-toe with a team like the Lakers. If their starting five can play this good, they can go toe-to-toe in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs they can push their opponent to a seven-game series. They can push a team like the Lakers to a seven-game series in the divisional round. The Lakers, LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for 50 points in this game. And it was a... Both these teams really played well. The Pelicans tested the Jazz. He got a game, two game-winning free throws with... 6.9 6.9 seconds left, Rudy Gobert, the Jazz starting five, dominated. And the Lakers, the combined firepower of LeBron James and Anthony Davis was enough to lift the Lakers to a marginal landslide victory over the Los Angeles Clippers in a 103-101 win. Davis with 34 points, LeBron with a double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Kuzma had 16 points off the bench. And pretty much the rest of the Lakers starters struggled to get up under 10 points. Each of the remaining starters had 6 points. So the Lakers have a bit of work to do. LeBron and Davis are going to carry the Lakers. There's no question about that. But they're going to have to carry the Lakers the entire series. And I just don't think that's a feasible strategy when it comes to trying to win a championship. And Paul George, they moved him to shooting guard. George is a small forward. Conway Leonard's a small forward. Paul George is a power forward. So why are they putting him at shooting guard? That makes no sense to replace Landry Schmidt. And they got Marcus uh, Moore, the senior, at power forward. He had zero points at that position. Jackson had 10 points. Reggie Jackson had 10 points, so 
I mean, the Clippers' front court was weak, but the rest of their roster was solid. Wasn't spectacular, but solid enough to get the job done. Beverly, 12 points off the bench. Shamet actually returned to coronavirus, had two points in 22 minutes. And a lot of the Clippers' bench did well. But their team, as a whole, struggled in this game. And that led the Lakers doing just enough to win. I'm more confident, because I wasn't sure the Jazz could deliver a strong performance without Bogdan. They answered that question, so now the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, and Landry Shamet was supposed to be out for this entire tournament due to coronavirus, but he comes back in and plays. So now all of a sudden you have four good teams in this Western Conference, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Utah Jazz. You have four quality NBA teams in the Western Conference. And after those top four teams, there is going to be a drop-off in five through eight in the Western Conference. Um, the MLB, Cleveland Indians did defeat the Twins 2-0. Palin Dorr was trending. The Red Sox first meeting with the Yankees is tonight at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. The three and four Red Sox take on the four and one Yankees. Clevinger's going to be facing Dobnak tonight. That's going to be a big matchup in Target Field in Minneapolis. The 5-2 Padres take on the 4-1 Rockies, who Jonathan Gray has a career-low 1-9-3 ERA. So the Padres and Rockies, that's going to be a fun matchup because the Dodgers are 5-2, and, and while the Dodgers do have some talented players, Gollins off to a great start with the Diamondbacks. McCullers is facing Andrees. That could go either way. The Pirates head to Wrigley Field. Both pitchers off to rough starts, but I think Hugh Darvish will rebound in that game. So there's a lot of exciting news in the MLB. And I'm going to get that information for the Battle Fantasy Football League up right now. And then I'll talk some MLS. And then I'm going to talk about Florida State and then wrap up this Friday podcast. Yeah, Cortland Sutton was a keeper pick in round 13. Kermish took Darius Slayton, Jordan Howard. Mark took Justin Jefferson. Bannell made a trade with me. He traded me his next two picks for um, Sam Darnold. I traded up. I had 135, 145, 146, and 153. I moved 135 and 145 to Heath, and in exchange... I got Derek Carr at 126. So he has 145. But this is but the reason I made that trade with Heath is because he took guys that I didn't even have on my big board. And he took another player I didn't even have on my big board in Brashad Perriman. So when Heath takes players that are not on my big board, that makes me happy knowing I'm gonna get the guy I want. 
That makes me really happy. To the point where I sound like an egocentrical prick. But here's the thing. Heath made an okay selection, and I got the player I wanted, so I'm really happy about that. I know. I sound like President Trump when I gloat about my fantasy football transactions. Anyway, after I took Derek Carr, Mitch took John Brown, the Bills receiver. Heath took Mike Gusecki, who was actually pretty high on my board. I'm not going to specify where I had him. But he was up there. Kirk Cousins went to Riley, and Selvin took the Bills defense with Taco Corp at 140. So two defenses, the 49ers defense, which I took at the Bills defense, are off the board. But the rest of the defenses are still in play for the remaining league owners, for the remaining eight league owners. So we'll get into some MLS talk right now because the NHL is coming back tomorrow as well. I am going to break that down before we get into Florida State. But yeah, Orlando and LAFC, last night the Union played and won 3-1. to one. So the Union are in the semifinals as we predicted yesterday. We're 1-for-1. One one. I'm picking LAFC. They are the favorite according to odds makers by BetMGM.com. LAFC is the favorite according to odds makers for tonight's game. And this is a big game because the Union dominated Group A along with Orlando City FC in the play-in rounds. So... Whoever wins this game, I think, is going to be the team that ends up playing in the championship. I could see Seattle beating Orlando City FC, but or San Jose. Because San Jose... Wait, Seattle played LAFC. Never mind. I meant to say San Jose. San Jose and Minnesota are another game. But San Jose is talented. But I think Orlando City SC and LAFC are the two best teams left in the tournament on this side of the bracket. And whoever wins this game tonight is probably going to be the team that makes it to the final round of the tournament. I'm going out on a limb and predicting that right now. Whoever wins Orlando City, SC, and LAFC game, that's going to be the team that's in the finals. And there's a lot to be excited about, especially with the return of the National Hockey League tomorrow. Yep. And we're not going to go back and watch all of Thursday's goals from the exhibition games. Um, they got the Edmonton bubble, and they've got the... Toronto bubble. But yes, at noon on NBCSN tomorrow, we get Rangers Hurricanes. Then at 3, it's Blackhawks Oilers on NBC. Then it's Panthers Islanders at 4 on NBCSN. Then it's Canadians Penguins, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then it's the Jets and the Flames at 10.30 on NBCSN. And these, these are qualifier games. These are not reflective of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But the round there are two round-robin games. But USA... Um, is going to be airing Coyotes Predators. That's not going to be uh, that game. <laughs> NBCSN games was like, this game is so awful, it's not even worthy of airing on NBC or NBCSN. It's Coyotes. It's Nashville. This game's not worthy of our attention. We're too good for this game here at NBC. We're too good for this game. So we're going to have USA air it. 
because it's the Coyotes and it's Nashville. This game sucks. We at NBC refuse to air this trash. So we're going to have USA air it. USA is known for the show Psych with Sean and Gus, and they solve the detective cases. It's a great show. That is a great show. Probably the best show USA has ever produced. And they did air reruns of all the episodes during coronavirus, so I did watch a few of those. I'm not going to lie. But the round robin's going to be exciting because Flyers and Bruins are going to be on NBC, and that game is going to determine seating in the Eastern Conference. Because whoever wins the round robin, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference round robins, whoever wins those round robins, they're going to be the top seeds in the conference. And leave it to NBC. Nope. No, they have not state specified the times for any games past. Wild Canucks is also going to be on USA. Leave it to NBC to give the USA Network the shitty games. I mean, I know it's not a very nice thing to say, but it's like, yeah. Avalanche Stars is on NHL Network instead of NBC. So NBCSN would rather air Penguins-Canadians rematches and Oilers-Blackhawks rematches. Instead of airing an evenly matched game between the Stars and Avalanche, which is a good matchup, they would just rather saturate their audience with Crosby and Taves and Malkin. They would just rather, NBC would rather saturate their audience with that than go with a Dallas-Colorado game, mix it up. Because that's a good game. Like, let's not deny the fact that that is a watchable hockey game, Okay. They better air Blues um, Stars next Sunday. NBC better air Blues Stars next Sunday. Because if you're going to play the bias card, you're going to play the bias towards Crosby and bias towards Taves and bias towards McDavid card, we're going to call you out on that shit. Yeah. We are going to call NBC out on that. Because I feel like the Dallas Stars are... A very complete team, and they did. NBC did host the Winter Classic in Dallas before this whole coronavirus outbreak, and I'm grateful for that. But the fact that you want to just air a rematch of the Crosby Canadian series instead of airing one of the Dallas Stars round robins games kind of disgusts me as a sports fan. And if you got Stars Blues on next Sunday, you air that round robin game and you air the Boston Washington game. Both on NBC. Not one, both. Otherwise, we're going to start calling your network biased because this is what Fox did yesterday. I wanted to watch the Cleveland Indians face the Minnesota Twins here in Pittsburgh. But instead, we get stuck with the Red Sox that are 2-4 and four, and the Mets that are 3-3. Three and three. And they're both big market teams and they both have shitty records compared to the Indians and Twins who both have winning records. If the MLB operated under the same premise as the NFL, they would have aired the best game. Because this is what the NFL gets right that the other leagues get wrong. The NFL will air the best game, regardless of the markets or the regions that the teams play in. The NFL will air the best game between the best teams by record nationally on cable networks. 
Whereas, again, you see, Indians and Twins should be on Fox with both teams having winning records, but the Red Sox at 2-4 and four and the Mets at 3-3. Three and three, that's, They're both big market teams. We got to put the big market teams on TV. No. When the big market teams have losing records and the medium market to small market teams have winning records, you look past the fact that the small market teams have winning records and you air the game with the teams with winning records. You look past that. You look past the market and the target audience and the quality of the audience and you air the game that's going to get more viewers. And let's face it, Cleveland, Minnesota is going to get more viewers than Boston and the Mets because both teams have winning records. Because this is the equivalent of choose... Let's say the Browns and Bengals are both 1-0. They're both, they're both in the top two of the AFC North for hypothetical reasons. But the NFL says Ravens-Steelers is a bigger rivalry. We don't care that the Browns and Bengals are in first place in their divisions. We don't care. They're not big market teams. They're not the Ravens and Steelers. That's the equivalent of what Major League Baseball did last night when they aired Red Sox and Mets on Fox instead of Indians and Twins. Indians and Twins should have been the only game to be aired on national networks. And yeah, I'm happy the Indians won. But it's like... Let's be let let's look at this from an objective standpoint. Instead of judging the team based on their market, air the best game. And that was the best game to air. And if the NHL takes the same route as the MLB, they're basically saying we suck compared to the NFL and the NBA. Our league is trash compared to the NFL and the NBA. And Honestly, I love the NHL. It is my favorite sport to watch after the NFL. Okay, the NHL is right up there. Believe me when I say that. The NHL is right up there with the MLB and the NFL. And the MLS is my favorite sport to watch as a sports fan. Okay, it is. I'm not trying to disrespect the NHL. I'm simply stating that if the NHL airs Crosby and Bruins Capitals but is too lazy or incompetent to air one Dallas Stars game, especially a game when they play the Blues next Sunday on August 9th, yet they continue to give Crosby a hall pass, they are catering to their fans. They are not picking the best game based on the matchups, based on who has the best forwards, the best blue line. They're not dissecting the game in depth. They're, getting, they're going for the ratings draw. And Crosby, McDavid, Taze, these guys draw huge ratings. And they're basically saying, let's take the huge ratings draw and play it safe rather than go out on a limb and pick the most exciting matchup in this tournament. And I think Blues Stars is probably the most exciting round-robin game. And it's a game that needs to be aired on NBC. That's really the only reason I'm making this long rant about the NHL because we saw the MLB drop the ball yesterday when they chose to air the Mets game against the Red Sox that they already aired on Monday Night Baseball, and they aired the Mets the day before that on Sunday Night Baseball. And I don't get it. Why would you air that game over the Red Sox, over the Cleveland Indians-Minnesota Twins game? They're both winning teams. I'm not trying to 
complain. I'm trying to point out how, what the MLB did wrong and what they need to do to fix things, get their ratings up, improve the quality of the sport. That's what I'm trying to do here. And maybe I do sound biased towards my teams, but you want the two best the teams with the two best records playing in prime time. That should be your goal regardless of the sport. And even though the NBA may be a saturated product compared to what it was in the 80s and 90s, the NBA still airs the best matchups on either TNT, ESPN, or ABC, and they consistently get it right. The same way the NFL consistently gets it right. This is why the media looks down upon Major League Baseball and NHL compared to the NBA and the NFL. This is why. Uh, I like the NHL and MLB more than the NBA, but this is why the rest of the sports world does not take the MLB or NHL as seriously as the NFL or the NBA, because those leagues get it right. They get the matchups right more often than not. In order for the NHL and MLB to elevate themselves to where they're on par with the NBA and NFL for ratings, they have to elevate the way they make decisions. They have to step their game up, step their league up, and pick put better matchups on instead of showing bias towards the same big market teams. They have to step their game up and start going with teams with winning records. And that's why I'm hoping the Indians win the World Series this year because it's like when they're not in that spotlight, they absolutely thrive in that environment. All right, but I, I mean, as far as two Saturday's games, I'm going with um, the Hurricanes Oilers, I'm going to take the Florida Panthers, the Penguins, and then the Jets and the Flames. That's going to be on NBCSN at 10.30, and I'm going to be taking Winnipeg because Calgary's got a ton of injuries, and that's what led me to pick Winnipeg to win this series. Final game, final uh, talk pick for today's show is Florida State. We're going to talk about them for what the FBS, and then we're done with this show for... Um, and then next week, we start our top 25 conversation. Next, Starting on Monday, we'll talk top 25. And I don't know what day we're going to... Um, okay, so Monday, August 3rd is going to be... So there's going to be six games airing on Monday, including some round-robin games. But yeah, Dallas being on NHL Network twice is a disrespect to Dallas because Dallas, Dallas has one of the better teams this year. But they're basically saying in BCSN saying, well, we want Crosby and McDavid. They're going to get better ratings. That's pretty much their selling point. That's pretty much what they're saying. They want the star players on their network. Instead of getting... Because Dallas is a strong team. They have the blue line, the forwards. I think I don't think Dallas necessarily a contender to win the Stanley Cup. They're good enough to get there. They're the main challenger to the St. Louis Blues in the Western Conference. And with so many games to choose from for the qualifier round, instead of choosing a round-robin game, it's like, we're going to air Penguins-Canadians because it's Crosby. It's a ratings grab. And they're going to air that game, they're going to air that series on NBC and NBCSN, so. Yeah. And maybe I do sound a little bitter. I'm not trying to sound bitter. I'm saying, put one of the Dallas games on NBCSN, because putting both of them on NHL Network, 
is disrespectful to the Dallas Stars. To put both games on NHL Network instead of NBC or NBCSN, that is disrespectful. It's like this team hosted the Winter Classic, and they are capable of going all the way. Put them on against the Blues, because we saw them against the Blues on NBC for a few games last year, and it was definitely worth it. But because it's a round-robin game and it's not part of the playoffs, NBC's like, meh, no, we're not going to do that. Sorry. But now we're moving on to Florida State. Um, Florida State's got James Blackman back at quarterback. They've got three returning starters on the interior offensive line. Tamori and Terry and Ontario Wilson are both juniors returning starters. DJ Matthews is back. So Florida State's got some returning receivers on the offensive side of the ball and a strong interior offensive line. They've got a freshman left tackle. And Darius Washington. But yeah, their defense, they have um, Kando. He's going to take over at defensive end. And you've got Jam. Nyrius Robinson, Robert Cooper, Marvin Wilson, Corey Dun Durden. You got a very strong Florida State defensive line, and they also have three returning starters at linebacker. Emmett Rice, Leonard Warner III, Amari Gaynor. Three returning starters at linebacker. They have Asante Samuel Jr. and Miko Dotson, two seniors, two draft-eligible seniors, along with Jaden Lars would be a returning starter at safety, and Hamsa Nasir... Dean. And this Florida State defense has the pieces to really test Clemson. I think this is the team. Everyone's saying Notre Dame's going to be the team that knocks off Clemson, but Florida State has the defense. But they lost 45-14 last year. And Clemson's losing a lot of starters on their interior offensive line. They have Etne, Trevor Lawrence, but this might be Florida State's best chance to take down Clemson. Them and Notre Dame possess the two biggest threats to Clemson this season. Now, I'm probably going to pick Clemson to win that game, but I'm saying you look at Florida State's schedule. They get at North Carolina State. That's a, that's a win. Then they face Clemson. They probably lose that game. But I could see them put making it a one-score game. I think it'll be... Because in the past, Clemson's blown out Florida State in the past. But I feel like this might be, with Mike Norwell, his first season, and with all the talent this team has, they might keep this game close in the first half. Because this is the best team he's had to work with in quite a while, even though it's a rebuild. Then you have Wake Forest. Without Jamie Newman, that's a win. At Louisville, they beat Louisville last year, so I'll give them a win there. They host Pittsburgh. Pitt's going to make that game tough, and they're really going to have to work for that win, but I think they get it. That's three wins, potentially. They face the Hurricanes in Miami. I think they lose to De'Eric King. Boston College, that's probably a pick -em game. They barely won that game by a touchdown at Boston College in Chestnut Hill, but they can win that game. They go to Syracuse. They probably win that game, and then they play Florida in a non-conference game, but... They might not play Florida. So, I mean, you look at their schedule, they're projected to go 5-3 and three in the ACC, but I honestly think they could end up being 6-2. and two. 
I think their only losses are to Clemson and to Miami, Florida. I think you're looking at a 6-2 and two team. And I don't know if we're going to have bowl games this year. Honestly, I don't. Because you already have teams going into conference-only mode. And I'm not sure we're going to get bowl games with the coronavirus. I still think we're going to get a playoff, but I don't think we're going to get bowl games. Because I don't think the NCAA is going to put the student-athlete's safety in jeopardy and have a meaningless bowl game. I think they'd do a playoff, but whoever doesn't make the playoff, your season's over. Go rest, recuperate, get vaccinated, or whatever you need to do to prevent the coronavirus, and then move on. Rinse and repeat. I think that's pretty much the game plan for next season. And on Monday, we will recap all the exciting NHL qualifier round news. And we're going to have to do our podcast before noon. Like, I'm going to have to wake up at like 10 a.m. and do the podcast. Because you got all these games that are going to air on Monday starting at noon. So I'm going to have to do my podcast at like... Yeah, I'm going to have to do my podcast before Monday. I'm going to have to do it like 9 or 10 a.m. Like, I'm going to have to wake up and actually do the podcast at 9 or 10 a.m. Yeah, so that's pretty much today's show you can like draft utopia on facebook follow us on twitter connect subscribe to the youtube channel can connect on instagram and linkedin go to our bit shoot page for full college football game film my name is chris ransom i am wrapping up this edition of draft utopia and i cannot wait until monday morning to talk more sports with you guys break down our top 25 and the NHL and all the exciting news and sports. So long, folks. Enjoy your Friday evening.